0: Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsbury, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV i'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love i discuss the hard topics mistakes i've made and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself financing automations acquisitions low occupancy scaling and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Oh my gosh. So you guys are in for an amazing treat. Our co-host, Steve, is here with us as well. Guys, you know how important it is for me when I have the goods to make sure that I get it to my people as soon as possible. And as many of you all know, our whole approach to investing in real estate has been the luxury short-term rental investment approach as well as positioning some of our properties that are single family homes in um, the suburban area into midterm rentals as well. And that has worked out so well for us that we have leveraged it for uh, members of our community in the LSA program and our midterm rental program. Uh, And it's been really transformational for uh, our members because typically when you think of real estate, you're thinking of you know, multiple, multiple dozens and dozens of doors, right? And you all know my model is how do I own and operate the fewest number of properties that generates the highest profitability? Because I really believe you only need a small handful of doors to be wildly profitable. Well, with the changes that we're seeing uh, in the interest rates and people's schedules and their ability to really optimize and to... Um leverage um short-term rentals and midterm rentals It's not always going to be feasible for them uh, to optimize. You'll see a lot of landlords right now if you go online, they they're considered tired landlords. The listings um aren't looking that great. And you know these are definitely opportunities for someone who has the skill set, who has the resources to make the property better, therefore, making it more profitable. So this is what we're going to be really covering today is a little bit more of the economies of scale of when it comes to having the right systems, the right operating systems. How What would that look like if we want to diversify our portfolio with luxury short-term rentals, as well as getting back that time freedom? So with that being said, I would love, love, love to welcome Steve, our co-host here with us. Steve has had a few decades of experience in in real estate investment. I think you've been in in the game, Steve, since 2009. And so I connected with Steve and I thought, you know, this opportunity would be amazing for our community, again, primarily because the numbers don't lie. Sometimes they're beautiful. Sometimes they're not, right? That's the reality. It's not always pie in the sky with short-term rentals. So how do you position yourself? How do you still um stay on top of the game uh, if you're looking to leverage uh, this specific strategy without all the turnovers? So Steve, like I said a little bit earlier, I know you've been in, um, in the landscape since 2009. Could you please um give our amazing audience of 100 or so here... <laughs> Um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce, you know, you, your company yeah. and the journey.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for partnering with us. We're incredibly excited to partner with you and your community. You know, a little bit about us and a little bit about Techbuster. So, Techbuster was started with this idea of making passive investing in short-term rentals as simple as can be. Um, and I share in that same mission. So, uh, most of my background comes from tech. I spent uh, over five years at Facebook building teams, and uh, generally in the real estate and tech world, um, you know, in that world, everything is data driven, right? Everything is also automated, right? You ask yourself, if you got to do it twice, how can you improve it? And so, when we enter the short-term rental space, we had a lens of real nerdy, techy, like, how can we fix this archaic world, and why hasn't someone really scaled something like short-term rentals? Um, And we found out really quickly why it's really difficult to scale short-term rentals in the traditional sense because you're scaling single-family homes. But a lot of it can actually be automated with better infrastructure, technology, tooling, and a lot of data-driven decisions. Um, Not to mention, we've been able to build an incredibly fantastic team, including John, which I know uh, John's worked with you in the past. John is known as the Airbnb data guy in the space. Um, and, and a bunch of other folks who are ex-real estate, like places like DR Horton, or we're advised from folks over at like companies like AirDNA, which I know you're a partner with as well. Um, and so having these right people in, right, in the right place with the right relationships with technology, um, and of course, capital, which to date, we've done over $52 million in equity, and we just launched our 120th short-term rental in the last 18 months. We you know we think about scale in a slightly different way. We're really excited to to work with you to present the short term gems fund one uh, here today as well. Short term gems fund one. I'm going to jump right into it because I can. I'm incredibly excited to share a little bit about uh, this partnership uh, that Rachel and our company are doing. Um, in short, as Rachel mentioned earlier. We are the first institutional grade short-term rental option for people who wanna be passive. And I know Rachel's a big advocate for active investing, finding your certain certain properties that you wanna do and where you wanna do it. But I think at the end of the day, I think Rachel, you and I had a great conversation around this. The value of being passive, and even if you are active, adding a passive fund like this to your portfolio adds a ton of diversification. So for folks who have the capital. But maybe they lack the time, the energy, the know-how to get started. This is a great option, right? And even if you have your own short-term rentals, this is a great option. Why? Fully passive quarterly distributions automatically sent to your bank account every month. We do all the work, right? You you it's like you owning the real estate yourself, right? Um, you get all the tax benefits, all the equity growth. Um, and two of my favorite, I can't underestimate how important these two are as someone who signs for. Hundreds of billions of dollars worth of debt, <laughs> right? You have zero liability with loans and lending. So, as a passive investor, also known as a limited partner, you don't carry any of the liability. You also get instant diversification into a hundred plus properties in this portfolio, which is a really, really awesome benefit with a single fifty thousand dollars or larger check. So, what's going to happen here over the next, you know, roughly three, four, five, six year period? is we're going to buy a bunch of single family homes, we're going to go ahead and design them, stabilize them, renovate them, and essentially operate them as really high-performing short-term rentals over these next uh, period of time. Each property then, will then be packaged into a singular portfolio. Think walking into Costco where you can buy in bulk and sold off to private equity and family offices and institutional capital who want to buy a portfolio like this because it's already stabilized, it's done, it's got historical revenue for any of people that are on the call today if you're if you own a business have ever owned a business or know someone who owns a business you know that there's a huge value in selling your business when it has historical revenue and a rolodex of customers and a brand and all of these types of things and that's exactly what we're doing here we could also sell these off to individual investors on the retail market think of everyone that you know has potentially worked with the short term gems community and Rachel those folks who are looking for a Uh, Short term rental. And in fact, last year we sold eight of them uh, just to kind of test the thesis and they flew off the shelf, right? Because they're turnkey, they're ready to go, they have historicals, everything's already in place. One of the best things that I love as well is this arbitrage opportunity, right? Because what we're doing is we're buying single family homes based on value, basically what the house next door is worth. And we're turning it into a business and then selling it based on revenue, which usually sells for a much higher value. So we're creating this delta of advantage to us. And we're basically creating alpha is what it's called in the industry and generating excess revenue and extra value add to the deal. So we've done this before. Today, we're on our second fund, which is how Rachel's partnering with us. And you have an opportunity to invest. But last year, we launched our first fund. We did over $37 million in equity in that fund. Um, We've had 8 exits thus far in that fund. And we've sent over $1.3 million to date out to investors um, in the last 18 months or so. Now, I'm super excited to share, and this is preliminary here because we're still about two weeks in June, but we're about to have our first $2 million quarter uh, that's about to happen here in our first fund. Um, As June wraps up, we're recording this here in 2023 um, in June. So we're really excited to see uh, kind of the progression. Now, many of you might be familiar with equities or ETFs or diversified investing. And this is what we've coined um, as the STR ETF. What you see here is each row is a property and each column is a month. And what you see is a majority of green and some really dark green and occasionally some red. And this is what's called a healthy, diversified, seasonally adjusted portfolio. Every short-term rental has seasonality. Every short-term rental has peaks and bounds, right? And this is a great example of that, right? So these are you know, are some of our first 30 or 40 properties, and as you can see, usually we're green, and on average, we're generating roughly nine to 10 percent in cash on cash per year. We're beating our own projections by about 22 percent, and this is before stabilization. What's really awesome and Rachel teaches this all the time is your revenue and your operational expenses usually get better in year two, right? Because at the beginning, you're still kind of figuring out your groove. you got booking lead time, right? You have all these things that are factoring into what will look like a below than average year and things kind of pick up drastically in that second year. So we're really excited the fact that we're able to kind of jump right out the gate and get these double digit uh, cash on caches. So, you know, as a leader, um, you know, one of the biggest things I'm proud of is this incredible team that we have today. Um, we're ex Uber, ex Apple, ex Facebook, ex AirDNA. Um, you know, uh, DR Horton, which is one of the largest single family track builders. We are committed to building an incredibly uh, talented team to go execute this vision. And we have been. This isn't our first rodeo. We've done this before and we continue to excel day after day. But of course, none of this would be without the most fantastic in the space, uh, Rachel yourself. So. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity to maybe remind a few folks a little bit about your background and uh, what you've been up to since.
0: I like to say that I'm a healthcare professional by day and real estate investor by night, specifically in the luxury short-term rental space. I still hold my license um, in pharmacy, although I don't fully practice. I'm probably going to just not practice for a few years. I do a little bit of consultancy, but at the end of the month, I'm going to go ahead and um, take a step back from it, and and that's largely due to um, real estate investing. And so when I see um, others in our community who are typically a bit burnt out, you know, I know I was burnt to Chris. You know, what I knew, uh, Steve was like, you work more hours. That's the way you're going to move the needle. And so making money while you sleep, leveraging strategies where your money is working for you is not something I was ever taught at all. Um, I'm a little girl from Haiti, (laughs) the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. I was raised in Miami in the inner city. And for me, it really was about getting the doctor, getting the education. That was my way out. And that really worked. That helped. But on the other side of that, of course, um, not having time to, you know, engage in, uh, family milestones, you know, because I was working to pay off debt, and it was, it was almost like a revolving door. At one point, I remember asking myself, "Oh my gosh, is there going to be, is this it? Is this it?" You know, I was practicing not at the top of my license. I was doing work that didn't fulfill me, and so I did ask myself those questions, never thinking, honestly, never thinking one day that I would walk away because you don't go into healthcare to walk away, right? And so for me, what I realized was if, you know, I don't find a way to make money while I sleep, like Warren Buffett says, I will work until I die. And so for me, real estate was the door. And once I opened that door, I realized that there were tax advantages behind those doors all along. There are so many different benefits that we did not sit at the dining table talking about. People like me didn't we didn't have that. And so my goal really and my mission is to bring this information out into the public space, is to share it with you know burnt out <laughs> medical professional. I'm I'm passionate about women, but everyone, but burnt out medical professionals who want, you know, to figure out another way to make your money work for you and not you exchanging your hours for dollars. And so by the time we hit our third property, I got contacted by Netflix and um and a casting company, which was totally out of the ordinary. And I gotta tell you, that really changed the trajectory of my life to me, the question is what's not possible, right? What's not possible, you know, like no, so many people, they were so hard to get these acting careers, you know, here I am fighting for my life with the camera. They're like, look over here. I'm like, where am I supposed to look? I have no idea what I'm doing, but the doors just continue to open and open and open. And so I really believe that I can attest to, you know, just going all in on real estate, leveraging, you know, that third property. Um, my philosophy is you don't need dozens and dozens, but leveraging that third property and then sharing my message with others who are looking to leverage their first or le- leverage their second. And that that's really what birthed the coaching program. That's what birthed the educational space that we have. And so just super excited that we have grown and we continue to optimize. But having a tool in my tool chest where I, you know, I now have a fund, I think it's, it's just going to be such a great way to continue that trajectory of how do I leverage the fewest number of properties, you know, that will generate the highest profitability. But this is definitely for me, a return on energy play. You guys know ROI is important, but for me, ROE is important too. I have a whole husband, two boys, one is about to go to college and three dogs. I need that return on energy so that, you know, mama could be a part of it too, because I missed out um so much. So yeah, this is my passion. And again, sharing is caring. So I'm really, really excited to share uh what we have to offer. But please take note, you guys, this is not just. A pitch. I assure you, you are going to learn so much from this session. If you know anything about me, education is king. Amazing, Steve, and and I just love the synergy and the alignment. So when I connected with Steve, the energy, the alignment. Steve is the probably the thirtieth <laughs> fun group that's reached out to me, and there was no synergy, there was no alignment, but the alignment, like we're in lockstep with the types of assets that we like, you know, it's like, if I came to you and it was like, we're buying car washes, it's like,
1: oh. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be different.
0: <laughs> it would be different. And there's nothing wrong with that, right down the line, maybe, but I just really, I felt um, the connection there. And so Steve, I thank you so much for partnering with me for reaching out. And I'm so grateful for the connection. And I cannot wait to see what we accomplished together in this quarter.
1: Yeah, no. Th- thank you for that background. And you know, I'm a I'm a father to two young boys as well, two under two, and I cannot agree with Rachel more. Right, uh, this return on energy, uh, building something that's passive, and uh, many of you may think, well, aren't you building a business here and running a fund? Uh, and we are, right? But we're building long term generational wealth, right? Over time, um, and the earlier you start, the more impactful it will become later, and also the lower risk historically. The earlier you start. And Rachel and I have really fell in love with what is the most emerging and alternative asset class that has probably come up that's as popular in more recent years, which is short-term rentals, right? Um, And people always ask, well, don't you compete with hotels? And the short answer is, you can, but we don't, right? So first and foremost, we focus on larger homes, like 4 bedrooms and larger, well-amenitized. And you're going to see some beautiful photos here in a few minutes, bigger groups with 7, 10, 15 people. And if any of you have ever traveled to a hotel with 10 people, you know exactly what happens when you get to the hotel. Everyone goes to the room, you try to plan something, you come down to the lobby, you figure it out and you go. And that might work in a major metro, but we don't invest in major metros for the the most part. We invest in secondary markets and destination markets, where we can get four times the cash flow versus long-term rentals. and. Two of the things that excite me probably the most about this space is the fact that we're pre-institutional, which means two things. It means that the big buyers haven't entered the space, and that means rates will compress because every asset class in history, as more and more people get into it, the valuations go up right? because the interest and money flows in. Secondly, the lack of competition in this space is staggering. But 99% of folks are individuals who run and operate their own properties. And while we wish them the best, we win on talent, on technology, on infrastructure, on design, on dynamic pricing, because they're not doing it. And why aren't they doing it? I can't tell you why, but they don't do it. Right? It's like having a pen and paper and we're using technology and clearly we're outrunning them. Another big thing about this industry is that the data, more than ever, supports investing in short-term rentals. It's a $150 billion industry, half of which that happens right here in the U.S. And you know, again, coming out of the pandemic, are we in this anomaly of a year or maybe 2021 was an anomaly of a year where we saw super high occupancy as well? The data doesn't suggest that. The data suggests that it's only getting better. The data suggests that demand is up 15% year over year. The data suggests that booking activity, nights booked, is up 17% year over year. And one of the most important metrics we look at is demand pacing, which is up 10% uh, through spring and early summer. What demand pacing is, is how often people are booking in advance. right? So not only are people booking more they're booking more nights and they're booking further in advance. And this is because we believe that the world is moving towards a more mobile one. Now note, I didn't say remote work. I think remote work is here to stay. In fact, we're a fully remote company. right? But it's about mobility, people's wants, needs, and urges to continue to be mobile in a future world. right? I think this American dream of having a white picket fence and owning your home is a very different dream than you know, 25 years ago. And I think the future dream is about flex, it's about mobility. It's about being where you want to be whenever you want to be it. And our competition, you know, as mentioned a little bit earlier, are DIY operators. They have listings that look like this. They don't have professional management. They're not treating this like an institutional business. They're treating it like a side hobby. They don't have operational expense management. They don't have rev management. They don't have experiential design. They have no scale. Fun fact, we just negotiated our electricity bill in one of our markets by 40%. Instant 40% savings. Why? Because we own 27 homes in that market. Not your average individual can't do that. Technology, capital, talent. So while other folks have properties that look and feel and operate like this, our homes look like this, right? These are some of our homes in Scottsdale incredibly well-amenitized, incredibly well-designed, incredibly well-photographed, incredibly well-ran. When you you see these properties, you want to stay here. In fact, when we meet with our Airbnb reps every single month, our homes in ranking are seen on average between three to four times as often as other properties. We're clicked on 25% more often, and we book 20% more often at 25% higher rates for the same comparable properties. Why? Because of ranking, of design. And Airbnb is very much like Google, right? How many of us ever go to page two, or page three, or page four? So you got to get eyes on your property. Or in markets like Clearwater, where we identified a very clear distinction where there was a lack of design and a lack of amenities from things like golf simulators, to beautiful game rooms, the slides for the kids I cannot tell you how many comments we got on this slide. It's a very simple thing, <laughs> right? So and now it, most people won't do it because they won't think to do it, right? We will spend $150,000 on a renovation because the money proves, the ROI proves it makes sense to do so, right? Now, design is great, the properties look beautiful, but how are we doing? How do we operate? Let's talk about the money. Now, many of you may be familiar with one of the largest property managers in the space, Vacasa. They are a public company. In fact, we hired them a very, very, very long time ago. We don't work with them anymore. We run everything in house and we do everything ourselves. But we outperform the country's largest professional manager by over fifty-six percent in every market we were in. We drive fifty percent more revenue at minimum than our competition. We drive forty percent more occupancy. And a lot of this has to do with design, has to do with the right property being bought in the right place, has to do with the right management, the right revenue strategy, the right ranking strategy. So this isn't by luck. This is a bunch of hundreds of dominoes that have happened one after the other, leading to a point of op- operational excellence. And we call this the STROS, right? our short-term rental operating system. And yes, that's trademarked, which is ran through our operating company, Superhost Labs. We built our own operating infrastructure because we're nerds and techies at heart right? in many ways, where we wanted to have better acquisition networks, proprietary talent networks, software, data. All of this lowers our operating expenses so we can drive better cash flows. We're subsidizing expenses like property management and other capital expenses by about 70%, which means better performance, better returns, and better experience for guests. Because without this... You would have to find a company or 50 to do all of these things. Where do you buy? Finance and accounting. Right, We have real-time bookkeeping and accounting. Meaning, we can actually plan within a 72-hour period if refunds should actually happen or not. And if revenue strategies have to change in that month. Most bookkeeping and accounting is what's called a net 45. You don't know what happened the month before until 45 days later. We have real-time accounting. We manage expenses. Most property managers, in fact, all property managers, don't care about your expenses as an owner because that's not how they're paid. right? They're paid on gross revenue. They don't care if you make money. They care that they make money and that the guest is happy and the place is booked. right? So because we care about revenue and profitability, we manage operational expenses as well as revenue and design um, and a bunch of other things here listed on the screen. And you see a, a few folks on our team uh, getting some great work done. This is actually um, at some of our uh, Florida properties uh, in the photo. Now, where are we buying? Right, we have a diversified portfolio across destination markets and city markets. So places like Scottsdale, Arizona; Memphis, Tennessee; Galena, Illinois. Right. Some of you might be like, I know that. And some of you might be like, I don't know that, and that's okay. That's good. That's what you want in this diversified ETF-like investment, right? Um, places like mcgaysville or mcgackiesville virginia i've heard it said both ways the poconos in pennsylvania panama city beach florida clearwater florida right all of these markets blue ridge georgia right all of these markets where if you owned a single property you can't get the benefits of that and we have a balanced seasonality matrix across the spectrum so humans, really great people, really great talent, data, technology, and data-driven decisions allow us to buy and underwrite really whatever we want. As soon as a property hits the market in over 250 markets that we track, we know about it. And I can tell you if it's going to be a reasonable short-term rental or not. So we can identify what to buy, where to buy it, and all of these proprietary data sites insights allow us to set that property up faster, lead to cash flow better, and ultimately have the most scalable operational infrastructure. So let's look at a couple examples. Here is what we call the Barbie home, um, inspired in many ways. Um, I had the privilege of staying in this home with about seven other men. Uh, because we wanted to test it out. (laughs) Um, And it was beautiful. It was beautifully gorgeous. This is actually one of our highest ADR properties, meaning one of our highest nightly rates that we get in our portfolio, because it's a themed like approach. Now, if you only owned one property, you might find this to be a little risky to kind of take this angle, right for a home, but we own over 100. So we have a few properties that look and feel like this, because it's a diversified approach. Now, this home drives over $1,000 a night, right? And it's not that big. It's because it's well ran, the revenue is in, in place, right? Operational expenses are in place. This is one that's in Scottsdale and will also be featured on um, Staycation, which is actually on CVS uh, later this year. I believe it comes out in June or July. So we're joining Rachel on TV because, of course, we got to keep pace here. Um, and you know, here's another one at Scottsdale as an example. This is a fantastic case study of mass market versus what we're, what we're able to do. So this was actually an existing short-term rental when we bought it. Very rare that we buy an existing short-term rental, but this happened to be one. It had been doing about 135 dollars to $145,000 a year for the 3 trailing years before we purchased it. We renovated it a bit. Added beautiful mural and added a ton of amenities. And you know definitely upped the theme. I like to call this house cohesive because you look at it and you're like, ah, it looks like it goes together. And we did over 50% more revenue in its first year with booking lead time included, right? So with that being said, where the fact that we're able to drive that kind of revenue and that better performance, I mean, it's institutional-like operations. And of course, modern design in places like Memphis, and the poconos really modern cabins and cowboy tubs in the right markets the right amenities in the right places drive the right result right and we firmly believe that so let's talk a little bit of uh, a little bit about the investment and the terms um and rachel has some fantastic terms that she's going to be able to offer here to the short-term gems community so the minimum investment is fifty thousand. uh you should expect to hold your this investment for about five years We'll be targeting an exit between years four and six. An exit can certainly happen earlier, but it can certainly happen later. This is not a very liquid investment, right? It's a secondary market. It's a private placement. Um, So just keep that in mind for whatever investment you do decide to make. Now, while the minimum is 50000 and we'll talk about terms here in a second, uh, Rachel does have three classes of shares in her fund, meaning the more that you invest, the better upside you have right? In terms of the splits that you'll be getting. And we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Now, 100% of the tax benefits go to you, the investor. Every year, we do cost aggregation studies, which I know Rachel's a big fan of. We take bonus depreciation. So you can write off that good old passive income with passive losses. So on paper, it'll feel like you, took, you didn't make any money. But in your bank account, you definitely got some dough. Right? And that's exactly the feeling that we want. Cash flow is quarterly, right? So automatically sent to your uh, account via direct deposit. We're targeting that eight to ten percent annualized cap on cash, and eventually on exit, including appreciation and equity gain, what will end up being about a seventeen to twenty percent annual rate of return. It's a fully diversified portfolio. When you invest, you're not an owner in a single property. You're a member, an owner, you a shareholder in an LLC which owns dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of properties that we're going to buy by the end of our second fund. Okay? You can also invest with qualified dollars if you have a self-directed IRA, as long as you have checkbook control and, and, and from there. So. Um, you know, Rachel has negotiated incredible terms for you guys. I can't even begin to tell you fun fact for folks that come to us direct, we offer an eight and fifty. Uh, she took me out to the back of the barn and you know, negotiated some extra, extra sweet terms here for the short-term GENS community. Uh, but Rachel's offering an eight percent preferred return and then 70% above that. So let me explain a little bit about what this means. That means you as an investor get the first eight percent every single year. You're preferred in the stack. After you've earned 8%, you will earn 70% of every dollar above that in profit. Rachel's fund will earn 30. Okay. And now she doesn't make any money on the GP promote here, is what it's called, until you've hit your eight each and every single year. And you have to meet that. And if you're not, if you don't meet that in a single year, it goes to the next year. We don't just forget about it. Right. So you've got to continuously perform. And Rachel and I don't make money as general partners until you've made money as a limited partner, right? And so those are things that are really, really important. Remember, that interests here are very much aligned. Now, for folks who are considering investments that are higher than $50,000, say $100,000 or $250,000, Rachel does have other classes of shares, which are going to be a 9% preferred, right? Um, And a 10% preferred. Really what this means is it moves your floor, your kind of low-end spectrum of a return from here, and a little bit higher. So for those who are able to contribute larger check sizes and have been a big passionate believer of the short-term gems community, Rachel will be obviously offering those incentives to those who are able to write bigger checks. And look, bigger checks mean better returns because it's less infrastructure to maintain. That's exactly why, right? Makes it easier for us to to have a lift. Now, here's the investment summary that I encourage everyone to review. Okay? The minimum investment again is fifty thousand. Um the equity multiple where you see in the top right is roughly about a two x, meaning over the whole period, we expect you'll double your money or so over the over that period. We expect you'll earn about an eight percent or better cash on cash as an average over the over the whole period. Your average annual return will be roughly in that seventeen to twenty percent. And what you can see here in the middle, investor projections and profit splits, Is roughly how that cash flow will go. In that first year, you see that that four and a half, and then it jumps nearly doubling in year two. The reason for that is because nothing good came easy. We have to go find properties, design them, close on them, renovate them, operate them, get them with booking lead time. So inherently, our first year is all about doing a lot of what equity, like chaos, right? It's like starting a business. And in year two and beyond, we're enjoying the fruits of our labor. It's the meat of the sandwich, right? And then by exit, that's really when things are going to continue to kind of step down. You're going to get your principal back on exit, all the cash flow you would have earned. And of course, all that equity that's in these homes, um, that's unrealized, right? That we have built this value over time. So roughly over the next five years, you can expect about a 2x multiple or to double your capital over the next five. Now... A bell curve is a great example of how any good investment usually works. It starts a little slow because a lot of sweat equity has got to happen. You earn a lot of the that income right there in the middle. And then as things are sold off, it starts to exit. And then from there, you can maybe invest in short-term gem seven, right? Maybe it's fund seven. Then maybe you want to go buy your own Airbnb. Maybe you want to buy some equities, maybe whatever you want to do, right? At that point, at that exit, you'll have an option to obviously recoup your capital. Um, and do whatever you want with it. And as a reminder, there is zero difference with investing in direct real estate yourself and investing with us, right? You get the same benefits. You're a direct owner. You share in the appreciation, you share in the cash flow, you are sharing the debt pay down, you share in the tax benefits. Everything is what we call pro rata. If you put in 1% of the money, you get 1% of everything. Just like if you bought a property 100% yourself, you get 100% of everything. There is no discount. To your value here, so let's talk about something that maybe you know not a lot of people love to talk about, which is risk. Okay, um, and risk, and let's talk about how we're protecting that risk in a fund, in any real estate investment. The number one silent killer is debt. In fact, you're probably seeing it in the markets today. So all of our debt you know, across our real estate portfolio, and every property that we buy is fixed rate debt. We do not take on floating rate debt. What I mean by that is no one can call us in a year or three or five and say, hey, see, markets have changed. We're upping your interest rate. They can't do that. All of our rates are fixed for a minimum of 10 plus years. Okay, Most of them are fixed for 30. Right? And not a single loan is cross collateralized. And what I mean by that is, if one home for whatever reason is undersold or some problem happens with it and we lose it, while it sucks, you don't lose the entire portfolio. There's no connection to the rest of the portfolio. Okay. Um, It's like losing a pinky, right? No one wants to lose a pinky, but if we have to lose a pinky, it's better than maybe some other alternatives. Now, when we're buying homes, we're typically putting 25% down, roughly, an average. We're forcing another 5, 10, 15% of equity through renovation, amenitizing, et cetera. Meaning, post renovation, we're typically sitting between 55 and 65% loan to value, which is a really healthy place to be. Okay. We have really great equity. We have really great fixed rate debt. And a really fantastic way to measure the health of your real estate portfolio is to look at what's called DSCR. DSCR stands for Debt Service Coverage Ratio, meaning if shit hit the fan, how much uh, net operating income do you have so you can at least cover your debt? And ours is a three X industry average for commercial real estate. A really good one is no more than a one point five, meaning we generate three times the net operating income after okay, after all the expenses that come with managing the short term rental. Okay. So these are ways that we've really been able to kind of reduce risk over time. And not to mention, it's really hard to compete with us. Um, Folks who have even tried to enter the space do not have our acquisition strength. They don't have our property management strength. They don't have our operational strength. They don't have our competitive moat that we've created. Right. And the thing is, there's no way to accelerate it. They have to go build this infrastructure. So every day that we go and do another property and live on to the next day and continue to get stronger, Worth that much further in advance of the next guy, right? And that's really important uh, that you're partnering with the leader in this space. I'm very biased, as you might imagine. Um, (laughs) Now let's talk a little bit about taxes. I mentioned bonus depreciation uh, on all our properties. And that's because we do what's called a cost segregation study per property. And on your K-1, you'll receive a paper loss of somewhere between 20 to 40%. Now, most people qualify for this, right? And I want to be very clear that none of this is financial advice, right? You should talk to your financial advisor or your CPA, but most folks will qualify this at minimum across your passive income. This does not necessarily affect your active income unless you qualify as a real estate professional. That is a very basic and simplified understanding, but you should certainly consult with your CPA if you have any questions around how the taxation of this may affect your financial situation, okay? Now, one of the things that we introduced in our first fund is called owner stays after a lot of demand for this. So folks started asking us, hey, we're owners in these homes. Can we use them? And Rachel talks a lot about return on energy and the benefit of owning your own short-term rentals. You can travel, you can use them, you can rent them out, you can do a lot of what you want to do. So we introduced owner stays. So as an owner and an investor with us, you can actually use any property in any portfolio we've done or any portfolio we'll ever do. You'll have access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of doors over time, which you can use at 10 to 30% off normal rates. Now, the reason this can't be free is because it's an investment first. But you can book direct via our concierge. We'll bypass platform fees... Right. And that's how you're able to get that that fund to end up getting the same net in the net income that it would have gotten, whether it was you or someone else. We also expect our owners will take care of our properties better than any rando as well. Right. So those are those are all some nice things to come. So to recap a little bit, right? We win with the best team. Right. As a leader, like I've said, the most the proudest thing that I think we've been able to build is the most incredible team in this space. We have proprietary technology that allows us to operate in significantly better ways and with huge competitive advantages across the spectrum. We have traction. You know, I brought up that electricity example where we save 40% because we can ask the question. One po- person who owns one door doesn't get that. We've done over $52 million in retail equity where hundreds of investors have trusted us with their capital and their time and their future. And we will absolutely protect your principal in addition to that. We're vertically integrated, meaning we own the entire spectrum. There's no red tape. We can see what's going on. We can control what's going on. And most importantly, if shit ever hits the fan, we can fix what's going on, right? Because we own our infrastructure. We do not rent it. There's a lack of professionally operated STRs. And because we're an institutional operator, it becomes a lot simpler to win. This isn't rocket science. What we're doing is, you know, it sounds fantastic to many, but I do have to comment, this isn't rocket science. We're simply doing things that other folks don't have the time, the knowledge or the care to do, because they're not viewing it as a business. It's a very easy one to win on. And everything that we do is led with data, incredible design, and this type of decision making that starts and ends with logical, fact-based data, right? Uh, Scott shout Jamie Lane, the folks over at Air DNA. They sit on our board. We get access to data. We understand what's working in the market. Everyone wants us to win who's in our corner. And that's why we've assembled a great team, a great team of advisors, and more folks than that. So for folks who want to learn a little bit more, we have a bunch of reviews. Um, we have podcasts. Obviously, you know, working with Rachel, she's been an incredible partner and will continue to be an incredible partner. And for folks who are interested in investing, Um, It's really a very simplified process. Uh, Rachel has a data room, which we'll drop in the chat here in a few minutes. right? And in that data room, you have access to these slides. You'll have access to this deck in the future and this webinar, which we uploaded uh, to that data room after this as well. Um, And in there, there'll be a Google form at the end. In that form, you can actually go in, enter your investment, your entity name and or your name and how much you want to invest. And automatically, it'll kick off docs to our team. You'll go ahead and receive these documents to sign and review. You'll go ahead and fund your investments. right? You can invest using cash or your self-directed IRA and those types of things. We'll do all the work and invite you to your investor portal. And you'll have a lot of fun along the way. Quarterly updates, direct deposit, all of that stuff will be readily available in your investor portal as well. So uh, Rachel, it's been fantastic. Kind of just sharing and presenting a little bit here. Um, and you know, I'd love to, you know, if there's any questions we can answer or anything else you'd like to add.
0: Um, could you tell us, Steve? <laughs> I'm gonna ask my question first. No, yeah. How does this fund differ from other short-term rental funds that are out there? Because I saw one that they're arbitraging properties, I saw another one they had these. Ultra luxury, insane properties. Um, why are we? Why would we stick to, you know, these? Uh, you know, I don't want to call them milk toast, but these, but these are our homes. They're regular homes that we've really um, put a lot of love and energy into. Why not go and buy a castle and <laughs> and yeah. set that up instead? So why would we? How do we differ from the other? Um, you know, investors or fund managers that are doing something either on one spectrum where they're um investing in these eight, seven and eight figure properties, one-offs, or in the other spectrum where it's a fund, but it's more of an apartment arbitrage type yeah. of fund. Could you talk to us about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic, right? Um, and a fantastic question. So a couple of differences with us versus whatever else is out there is We are a portfolio, first and foremost, right? Not many folks are syndicating and raising capital for portfolios. It's usually fractional, right? Like own a share for 200 bucks in this door in Panama City Beach, right? And we are very, very different than that. Secondly, you are rarely a direct owner in those types of homes. What you're buying is a right to income, not a right to ownership, right? What you're getting is a 1099 and not what's called a K1 right? And a K-1 gives you certain tax benefits and tax pass-throughs, right? So those are going to be some big differences. Uh, thirdly, um, we do not do a single thing of arbitrage. Everything we do is owned. We own the land. We own the real estate, right? We own the operation. We own everything through and through. Okay? And those are things that we're going to continue to do. Um, And lastly, I would encourage you to ask yourself, who's operating these homes? We're vertically integrated. Most other companies are going to farm that out, right? And they're going to hire a complete third party who's going to do it for them, where they're not going to have an insight into how those things are being operational, managed and executed. Um, And lastly, no one can get the valuation we can. Because if they're fractionalizing homes, that means they can't roll them up as easily. Right. What we can is because it's a single portfolio, we can sell the entire thing as a branded business for what's called a compressed cap rate. And more homes means better valuations, which ultimately means better outcomes for investors and shareholders.
0: Okay. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I saw some ads for a company called Here.co. And I know a couple of people in the community invested with them. Of course, you're starting off at a very low rate, I think it's $100. Does that fall into the category of what you're referring to as the fractional? What is that like?
1: Yeah, so here is a fractional company, um, you know, and I don't have any comments, good or bad, necessarily to say about here. Um, I'm I'll let people make their own decisions. Um, but here is a fractional reggae A company where you know they're like, hey, own this for a hundred bucks and earn a you know a share. Um, I have one investment with here because uh, I threw a hundred bucks. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Um, And, you know, I'll continue funding our fund at a more accelerated rate, if that tells you a little bit about my opinion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have to see it for yourself. Got it. Um, Next question I see here. Tell us a little bit about about the qualifications of who can invest. I know accredited investors and for those of you who are not yet um, uh, used to that terminology, there's specific requirements that we will check on the back end. Could you give us a little bit about the requirements?
1: Yeah, so you do have to be an accredited investor to invest or Regulation D-506C. We register with the SEC to essentially be exempt from registration. I know it's a funky way of saying it. And in order to invest with us in this offering, you do have to be an accredited investor. Now, what does this mean? If you're single, you need to make $200,000 a year or more and you must have done so for the last two years with the anticipation that you'll continue to do so. If you're married, you need to have made $300,000 or more per year for the last two years and, can t- and expect to continue to do so. Alternatively, whether you're single or married, if you have a net worth of over a million dollars, excluding your primary residence, you also qualify as an accredited investor. And your net worth includes all your assets, your real estate, your equities, your unrealized equity in your homes. And we use a service called Parallel Markets, to where we will have to verify your accreditation process. So if you think you're accredited or you might be on the fence, I certainly encourage you guys to, root, to you know request your PPM, move on forward with the investment. You'll have to verify it anyway. We pay for the accreditation, right? So we'll send you a link. You'll enter some information. And as long as Parallel Markets tells us that you're accredited and you qualify, you'll be good to go. Uh,
0: next question. Uh, can you mix SDIRA and cash to meet the 50K?
1: Yeah, you certainly can. Um, And those are options, if you wanted to, that we can certainly accommodate. And I'm sure uh, the Short-Term Gems Fund One uh, team will also accommodate.
0: Is there a specific offering period?
1: Yeah, great question. So we raise capital or what we call a prep start date every 2 months. So we're currently in June and every even month we accept new capital. So uh, for those who are watching this and who see this in the month of June, you will be able to meet us at our June 1st start date. If you don't catch us here, our next start date is going to be August 1st, right? Which I'm sure Rachel will share you know, an update on this maybe in July to remind folks. And our next one after that will be October 1st. And then our last one of the year is projected to be around December 1st. Next year in 2024... We expect we'll have a new fund, Fund 3, which will launch. And of course, many of you who are investors of short-term gems fund here will have an opportunity to invest again in a new fund. But we have the offering open through the end, through the end of the year. Now, it is a reminder here that early investing has its perks. What, And the main, main reason of that is your, press, your preferred return accrues at a faster rate. right? Everyone meets their preferred return at the same time. So it doesn't matter if you invest on day one or day 365, there's no disadvantage or advantage, right? The main advantage for investing early is the accrual happens faster. You're essentially booking your future return, ensuring that it's there.
0: Next question was about fee disclosures. Does the data room have all the fee disclosures?
1: Yep, great question. So in the PPM will have all fees listed, right? So any fees that are being charged by short-term GEMS Fund 1, Um, or any fees charged by us will be effectively disclosed in the PPM. The PPM really is going to be your governance stocks in every type of way. um, And all of those will be readily available in there. If not, they're also in the deck towards the appendix.
0: Who's the actual fund manager?
1: Yeah, great question. So Rachel is the fund manager or one of her entities that she controls. So you're going to be investing with Short Terms Fund 1. Um, In the PPM, you'll see an LLC that Rachel will control. She is the fund manager. Your capital will be wired and sent to her and her entity. She is the fund manager who will run and operate this. Um, And then that capital will then be sent to us to make the investment if she so chooses to do so.
0: Is there a specific number of investors that you are accepting or is the goal to reach a specific amount in the fund before closing the fund to new investors?
1: Yeah, great question. So we can take up to $150 million before the year's end. We are nowhere going to get close to that, right? And there's a reason for that. So we expect we'll land between $30 and $60 million from what we call as retail equity. These are folks like you and me, folks that are on this call. Now, We can take up to $150 And the way we structured it for that reason is if there's an institutional strategic partner that approached us, given this happened quite a bit last year, we could welcome them into the fund where we had enough room for them to participate, right? So we don't have to raise the maximum. We just can't exceed the maximum.
0: Next question. This is a great one. How much do you charge for managing the asset?
1: Yep. So what we do is we have a capitalized expense of 6% of the property's asset purchase price uh, per year for the first 5 years. And what all this means is we're shifting... Instead of charging an ongoing property management fee, we charge a one-time fee that's moved to the balance sheet instead of the P&L. And what this allows for is significantly better cash flows, significantly better exit opportunities. And I think ultimately, at the end of the day, what most people invest for is passive income because this is an income-based fund right? We're focusing on cash flow, we're focusing on lifestyle, we're focusing on those types of things. And that's also going to be shared in the appendix of the deck. All the returns you see in Rachel's deck are net of any fees, right? So that is what you would end up getting, assuming those projections are hit. It's not that then fees, right? Everything's already been operationally uh, implemented into the deck.
0: What's the number, the current number of investors that we have at this time?
1: So, as a company or as a fund, um, geez, we have I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of investors. I mean, we have fund for example, right? Uh, oh, short-term gems. Yeah, as 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 a you know, if we look at short-term gems fund one, we count that as one investor, right? Because to us, it's one investor, right? But there's probably going to be thirty or forty or hundred investors in short-term gems fund one. So across our company, we, we have hundreds of investors across both funds. Um, and in fund two, I think we're well into 150 already. Uh, what is the,
0: the... Q&A. Oops. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. What is the
1: exit strategy in year 4 to 6? So the exit strategy is going to be to roll them up in a, what's called a portfolio and sell them off ideally to a single buyer. right? And the reason this is going to be really fantastic is institutions want this. In fact and most institutions we've talked to have been very clear. They really want to buy this. They just don't want to build it. It's a lot of work, right? So, like, look, if it's ready, it's stabilized and they have a mass interest in buying it. Um, so that's going to be what the predominant exit strategy is in, in uh towards the end. But we can also sell these back to the retail market, just like we bought them, right? Those are all options as well. Now, will there be an option to reinvest upon exit or will the fund end? The fund technically ends, right? We have to send you back your money. But if you wanted to use that money and re-invest and in the next fund at that time, you certainly can do so. It's your money. But we want to make sure you have the opportunity to make the best decision for you at that
0: time. Will this fund own its own assets or just own a portion of the wider set of assets from the parent fund?
1: This fund is completely on its own. No, we do not mix funds together. Right. So in this is our second fund. Currently, there's about 20-plus short-term rentals in this fund. As we continue to add capital throughout the year, including capital from short-term GEMS Fund 1, we'll continue to add properties. And we expect this portfolio to be over 100-plus properties, just like our first one that priced right about 81.
0: So if an asset is a $1,000,000, 6% is 60000 for one-time charge for property management for the length of the whole? is that a correct understanding?
1: That is not. It is per year, and we do not. We rarely buy million-dollar assets, by the way. So typically, our model works a lot better when you have lower purchase prices, right? Because uh, no one wants to pay sixty thousand dollars a year managing a property, right? It's usually not the not the best thing to do. Um, so our average purchase price is roughly about five hundred to six hundred thousand. And it's 6% per year of the asset purchase price, which we typically drive $150,000 on in terms of top-line revenue. At 30%, that would cost us fifty dollars a year, which we get for significantly cheaper, which is usually towards thirty. That's That's how, how we subsidize the cost.
0: Besides the initial investment, how much will the average monthly investment contribution will be?
1: Yeah, so when you make your investment and I think I'm going to answer this question how I think I understand it. When you make your investment, we will never ask you for more money. Right? You don't have to add to your investment in the future, right? We what you're describing is what's called a capital call and we actually in our docs do not allow for capital calls. We cannot pick up the mm-hmm. phone and be like, "Hey Lynn, It happened and we need more money. Can you help? (laughs) Right. So we don't do that. Um, You make one investment and that's it. Now, if you want to add more money and increase your investment, say three months from now, six months from now, you can certainly do that and buy more shares into the fund. Right. You can certainly absolutely do that. But we'll never call you and ask you to add more money because we need it.
0: So guys, I love you all to the moon and back. I so appreciate you. I can't wait to connect more with you all. And thank you, Steve. I appreciate you. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much,
1: Rachel. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. And Rachel, thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you. Bye-bye for now, everyone.